Welcome to this week's uh, edition of A Game Dev's Quest. Uh, I'm Rhett. And I'm Taylor. And uh, we're going to just jump right in and, uh, you know, remind you guys that our podcast is uh, following our quest, if you will, on um, our foray into game development, specifically uh, the project that we kind of talked about last time. Um, like a text adventure sort of dealio. Um, so uh, keep in mind, like, we're both beginners. Uh, Taylor is, uh, you know, got some experience. I'm a total scrub, so... Uh, <laughs> I have yeah, experience, so let this... but I'm, I'm also very new. <laughs> <laughs> so let this be like a beacon of hope for all you fellow scrubs uh, out there. Uh, you can listen along and kind of... Uh, you know, plot our course, and while doing so, you can be like, "Well, if those yahoos can do it, we uh, maybe I can too." Yep. <laughs> and uh, trust me, if we can, you can for sure. So, <laughs> um, um, let's so jump yeah, into jump, our um, jump into our structure here. Um, quick, just uh, up front, uh, the different goals that we had last week. Uh, I presented one goal uh, to Rhett, which was to make a GitHub account. Uh, which I did. Which you did. Nice. Yeah. How did it yeah, go? Yeah, I did it. I've re- it went well. I haven't I haven't uh, pushed anything to it at all, but okay. uh, I created it and I created my little, you know, like it prompts you to like create your little like hello world folder or whatever yeah. the fuck. Or <laughs> hell or damn. Uh, <laughs> so I went ahead and did that and I haven't looked at it since, but I do I do all have right. it. So Well, um one thing we can do now that we have uh, we both have GitHub is we can um, follow each other and we can share code that way, um, which I think would be a good idea. Um, oh, so what a cute I, idea! I've only ever done that one time with uh, Remus, the guy that we met playing Counter Strike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's my he's my only follower, and I'm only following him. So that'll be fun to. How do I that. follow you? Uh, I'm not sure. I did it one time, so uh, maybe that's a goal we can have for next week: is to follow each other and. Uh, there's All right, a, there's... we're setting our <laughs> sights really high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna c- come back with like a full ten-page like breakdown of like yeah, how, how GitHub's like friending thing works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can write our own tutorial on it. Uh, uh, cool. All right. Uh, well, good job, Brett. I'm proud of you. Um, the other goal we had, Rhett uh, challenged me to kind of. Uh, get into Shadowgate, a game that he had played and uh, has been playing since he was a kid and really liked it. It's kind of a point-and-click adventure game, uh, kind of along the lines of Myst or something like that. And uh, we uh, live-streamed on Twitch <laughs> and uh, also have a recording of us uh, right basically Rhett playing and going through <laughs> and getting completely absorbed in the game and me watching yeah, and sorry. offering some uh, <laughs> some suggestions. Taylor's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> you can't solve the puzzle. Can we stop now? I'm like, no, Taylor, no. You need to see this next thing. I swear it'll be cool. <laughs> uh, 
Um, um, but I will say I really, I really did enjoy that game. Um, I would like to purchase it on Steam so that I can play it for myself. Um, I like games uh, in the similar vein as that, um, where they don't like the gameplay is really simple. You're just kind of you have a cursor basically, and you're like clicking through the screen, but um, it's all about like solving puzzles, kind of learning the landscape and navigating through that to get to, you know, another place. And that's the reason we, um, I think the reason Rhett, uh, wanted to show me that game was because of the, the game we're hoping to make kind of first thing, which is, um, kind of a text adventure game that we would be making. Um, and I can definitely see why, uh, that's a good example of, you know, mechanics and um, and everything there. I, I love the artwork in that game. Um, everything kind of, e- each screen practically looks like a painting, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I know. And that's what's great about it. And what really made me like think about it in conjunction with our game uh, was like when you were texting me about like a possible way to like implement a map or something like that. My mind instantly went to like the map system yeah. in um, Shadowgate, which like, is nothing to like brag about, but it's simplistic and it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, and we had been talking for what they do. Sorry. Uh, we had been talking about, um, adding some sort of visual element to a text adventure game. And I totally can see us using a similar type of a map to show, you know, where the player is in the like world. Um, it definitely wouldn't start off being that graphically like beautiful and everything, but I can see how you can use that to kind of help the user navigate through and and make it easier to move from room to room. So I thought that was a really good uh, example. Right. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm glad that you got a chance to check that out because it's like a place where my mind's sort of been, at least since, since you mentioned like possible like user interface and like graphic options, um, you know, and mostly at first when I mentioned it, I was talking about like the old eight bit version, um, which, you know, it's still, it's the same, it's the same as it is in the new one. The new one, it just, you know, looks nice. Right. <laughs> um, with all these hand painted scenes and crap like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, well, I had fun doing that. Um, let's see. So those were kind of our, our personal goals for each other. Um, also, a couple things uh, to go over are resources that we found and used this week. Um, oh, right. Did you find anything that you thought was helpful in uh, um, our quest yeah. this week? Yeah, let me go ahead and get out of the resources thing here. I, we we keep a Google Drive uh, together where we keep like notes and stuff. And uh, um. Oh, you were talk I remember you were talking about different uh like YouTube videos and things that you're watching as like inspiration yeah. basically. One that I found that was really inspirational. Um well, uh Taylor listens to a podcast uh, that's currently called uh Gam Keto. Um it was formerly called uh, Game Developers Like You. Um and uh, I I do think that that's like a pretty good inspirational resource, like just hearing people, you know, talk about their projects and that sort of stuff is like really great. But um, on the other hand, uh, on YouTube, I found um, 
a bunch of videos that tie back to this thing that I had never heard of because this is my first foray into this field. Uh, but uh, they call it the Game Developers Conference, and I think it's like a yearly thing uh, where they have game developers like hold panels and hold discussions and do presentations on projects that they've done. And like one that I found specifically because last week we wanted to come back um, talking a, a lot about like options for art. Um, well, maybe not options for art for a game, but uh, specifically for the podcast and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it got me really interested in like, you know, the pixel art fad that's kind of like going on and all that sort of stuff. And uh, <clears throat> when I was looking for tutorials on um, my pixel art editor program that I have, which I think is just called like pixel edit or something. I don't know. Yeah. Pixel edit. Um, but uh, like I was saying, I found the game developers thing and I was trying to find tutorials on this pixel edit program. And I, I found an old eight bit artist who was talking about his like whole career, like making levels and making art for games like that. And he did a lot of like the old LucasArts adventure games, which I thought was like really fascinating. Oh, cool. Uh, like, you know, like the old monkey Island games. And mm-hmm. I think like grim Fandango is one. Mm-hmm. Um, which were like really hugely popular back in the day. And so just like seeing how he did stuff was like really fascinating, but it led down a bigger rabbit hole um, about um, the, you know, just following, sorry, Lee's like freaking typing to me nonstop on Steam. And I like <laughs> wish I could just like block I, the windows out. I, right before you said that, I set my <laughs> status on Steam as offline. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that I, too. Damn I actually it. I saw Lee online too, and I was like, uh, I probably better go offline. <laughs> Poor <laughs> He's Lee. talking about politics. He's oh, just geez. like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll do my best not to look at my computer screen while uh, I finish this. But I went down the rabbit hole of the Game Developers Conference and found like lots of videos about game developers of games that I really admire, like FTL. And they just like went through their development process and how they did all this stuff. And I'm really excited to go back through and watch a lot of uh, watch a lot of these videos. Like, I mean, they're pretty long, which is kind of a bummer, but you know, I can just uh, run it through my speakers and like have it playing like while I'm doing the dishes or doing chores or whatever and be able to listen. And like, you know, there's a lot of like graphical input. Like these guys are given a presentation with like slides and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff to see, but as long as you follow along, I think it's really valuable, especially like just in terms of inspiration. Yeah. Uh, and seeing the things that these guys did with FTL was just like really enlightening and really inspiring and uh, made me really hopeful That's for cool. like what we could do. Cause it was pretty cool that these guys made that game and it was just a two man team. Yeah. You know, that's super and it's awesome. cool seeing like the type of creative control that like developers are taking with smaller teams. Like, I mean, personally, I love the game. Most people like really hate it, but no man's sky is like one of my favorite games. I still haven't um, played that yet. Delivered on, most of the promises that I uh, expected and most people like really tagged on a lot of expectations for the game that I don't think like were ever mentioned by the developers. Um, And so they're really upset that it didn't meet their standards. But to me, I love it. And it was made by 12 people and the game is like one of the most ginormous games. And I know it's procedurally generated and all that sort of stuff, but um, that's still really it's cool. still amazing to see. Yeah, it's still amazing to see like what a 12 man team can do. And personally, <laughs> I think the game is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And I think it's well executed for what it is. Like if I made something like that, I would be pretty proud of it. Like most people are just upset that they paid $60 and it like didn't meet some of their expectations. So, yeah, um, I mean, that's kind of a price, though, like that people pay for um, investing into indie indie games. I mean, part part of the reason why it's so cool is. 
a lot of times the indie game developers like that's like their full-time job and they're you know listening to the public on you know opinions for what they should add or what they should fix and you know they're fully invested into the games that they're making so um i don't remember where i was going with that but uh but it's different than like you know a triple a game company where they have you know over a hundred people working on a game or whatever you know people just working on like (laughs) walk cycle animation or whatever you know um so you have to give them a little bit of leniency that way i mean 12 people to make that game is crazy i haven't played it yet but like i that's pretty shocking to me that it was only 12 people yeah i know that's what i thought too and like i said it's it's my favorite game um like it just captures like the type of atmosphere i like and and so many people were upset that it wasn't a multiplayer game per se because it exists in like a persistent universe but um the the universe is so big your odds of running into another player are like (laughs) virtually non-existent right right and people are so upset about that but i went back and like watched all the videos at the conferences and all this stuff and he like never said that it was going to be an mmo in fact like somebody was like this is going to be an mmo and he's like no 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 it's not (laughs) (laughs) and so people bought the game thinking they're going to be able to meet up with their friends and like fly around and dogfight and do all this stuff and they can't yeah but (laughs) i don't know to me it captures like the mood and the atmosphere like i love those games where you get to like explore and do stuff and build things and like you feel utterly alone right like that was one of the appeals of like minecraft to me yeah which minecraft was really great like when they implemented the the multiplayer features but at the same time like me and my friends had a server up for like three or four years and you would hop on and unless you coordinated with your friends, like you were always alone and you're just like building stuff. And it was fun building stuff with the hope that like somebody might see it yeah. and might just stumble upon it. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, they say something in like the, the Facebook, like Minecraft chat and they're just like, <laughs> Oh, who built that? Like, that's so cool. Like, that's kind of what this does for me too. Yeah. It's like, I'm out in this huge universe on this huge planet <laughs> And I'm like building stuff and like leaving things for like people to see like that I was there, you know, and like I may never, they may never like message me about it. Right. But But you have that impact on it. Yeah, exactly. And that's like so cool. And the game captures like a really eerie tone as well with its like history and the way it it, um, pushes that. It's just like so fascinating. Um, I love it. And the music is so good. (laughs) Like the music's really well done. Nice. Um, So... Cool. Don't know how we got here. Yeah. Well, we, oh, we were talking about indie developers. Yeah, just and indie stuff. developers. Um, did you want to talk a little bit more about the resources you found? Um, what you found helpful, um, interesting? Yeah. Helpful? So I've just found all that stuff, and and of course I looked at uh, as far as like uh, resources. I suppose like uh, tools at my disposal. I really kind of analyzed like what I had, and um, I texted you this the other day. But like one of the pixel art editors that I have is called uh, Marmoset Hexels Two. And uh, it dawned on me how freaking powerful this program is. Like, the art that people make is outstanding. And not only that, it has a built-in animator. Um, yeah, so it's really amazing to, like, see that work. I watched a ton of videos on that, a ton of tutorials, like, uh, lots of, like, speed paints that people do where they just, like, you know, speed up a paint that paint that they did in one day. Yeah. And you, like, watch the video of, like, how they did it. It's, like, super amazing. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's really amazing watching people that are good artists, like watching them work, you know. Right. I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
And uh, and this program is just like super powerful. Like they use a grid program that like lets you add like a lot of depth and things to it. And like I said, the in the onboard animator is just like it's really good. <laughs> like you can animate like a whole bunch of stuff. Like you can have a still frame with like a couple things moving, or oh, really? you can have like yeah, or you can have everything moving just like nonstop. Wow. Yeah, maybe I was going to send you a little animation to show you. I was going to say, yeah, I'd like to see how that looks. Um, you got that in the Humble Bundle pack? Yeah, I wasn't, nice. I'm not sure if it's included with like the base option yeah. that I got you. No, but, that's okay. Um, um, maybe, yeah, maybe sometime we can look at that together. Right. And, um, and yeah, I've seen people like they make like sprites with it and stuff. Like they make like, um, and they like fully animate the sprites and stuff. Like they kind of do like 8-bit stuff like that. Um, and there are some other things that were in there that I haven't had a chance to like really look at yet. Like um, there's something about like a program called Sprite Illuminator and you like upload your sprites into this thing and you can like add lighting to the sprites so that they look a certain way oh, cool. like in your game or whatever. Yeah. yeah so I thought that was kind of cool um, nice. because that's like, well, whatever, I want to jump into it. Um, and then, and then, uh, yeah, I just uh, found some interesting conversations on the Udemy like Discord chat on on Discord uh, that I thought were interesting. And also um, for diagramming and stuff like that, I, I jumped uh, to using a program I used years ago called XMind, which uh, isn't as powerful as I'd like, but it seems to be doing the job. Um, nice. Is that uh, something you, that you could just like copy and paste into a Google Doc that we can edit still? Or is it like you think it'll be an image? I honestly don't know. Uh, it export, you can export it as like a certain type of file, but I'm not sure. I wonder what's compatible with, I was kind of messing around with Google docs a little bit too. And they have, um, what did they call it? Yeah. Uh, well, whatever's built in, like you can go to the drawing section. Um, and then you can just like create like shapes and then type in them. And I thought that would probably actually be enough for us. And then we don't have to use any other program. Um, Oh yeah, you're right. That is pretty good. So, Shapes, arrows. The cool thing is like you can you can make something and then you can just like I think you can just double click and add on to it. So it, it's not like once you do it it's set in stone, which is nice. Um so I messed around a little bit with that last week, but I uh uh that might be pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I actually think that's what they do in the Unity course that we're taking too. Yeah, I was trying to figure out exactly what they used. Yeah. So um yeah, that's cool. I'm down with that. Yeah, we can I just try uh, that was out. trying to figure out a way to like uh, export the Xmine files to Google Drive, like a, a file that it could read, but I'm not sure. Um, well, if you can, if there is that something. could be a good starting point for us. Yeah, because Xmine Xmine's pretty cool and it's like really intuitive, and it looks like like less clicks to like get exactly what we'd want out of this drawing thing but yeah. the drawing thing works looks like you can do whatever you want with it too so yeah. that's kind of helpful yeah all right well we can look at those uh in our off time a little bit um oh, can't draw the arrows how you like you gotta rotate it yeah <laughs> um well for me um i kind of jumped around a bit last week um i started off uh finishing the section of our unity course that we did which was um basically taking 
uh, an early game that we made in the chorus, which was uh, a, a number guessing game where basically the user thinks of a number between one and a thousand, and then uh, <clears throat> the computer guesses the number, and then if they get it right, then you know the computer wins. If they don't, then the player wins. Um, so it was basically taking that concept and instead of just doing a console application, com uh, converting it into um, a graphical one with screens and buttons and things like that. Um, so I worked on finishing that. We can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but then after I finished that, um, I looked quite a bit into art. Um, and I gotta, I gotta be honest, I'm pretty... Um, overwhelmed by some of some of the resources I found I think they're really good resources and I'm not overwhelmed by the resources themselves I'm just like overwhelmed with the the idea of Sheer, learning like magnitude yeah, yeah like man so well, one of the now you know how I feel about code <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I guess <laughs> um so one of the one of the tutorials I started um uh, it was it's from this website called OpenGameArt.org, and they like partnered with I think it must be a French, um, a French like artist or something who wrote an article about doing pixel art, or a little tutorial series, and uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But um, it, it's it's probably Le Four Forge or something. It's I say less forges pixel pixel art course um, and they basically just go over some of the basics of uh, drawing like pixel art and I thought it was really good I didn't I didn't finish the whole thing um, <clears throat> excuse me but the uh, it talks about like drawing lines and the different angles and you know how many how many pixels you should use for doing like a 90 degree kind of a line versus a 45 degree and then also like how to how to do curves and I started kind of playing around with that and I was just on my laptop um, with like a trackpad uh, as my mouse and I was like clicking around like trying to do what they said and I I think I got it pretty well I can um, upload like one of the images that I made but oh man it's like so tedious and I don't know. It, it's overwhelming. Like I, I don't, it's not something I feel like I can be good at necessarily. And so it, it like got me really thinking. Um, like I'm looking at all these pictures and stuff of pixel art on, on like Google images. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. I'd love to be able to do that. But like just drawing a curved line is hard. Like <laughs> what the heck, you know? Um, so that was a little bit overwhelming. I, th I think I'll complete the tutorial um, for that particular one. It's only like seven or eight um, sections that are like a few paragraphs each um, and see how it goes. Um, another one I looked at was um, from cgcookie.com. And they have, I guess on that website, you can sign up for an account and like a paid account and they have all kinds of tutorials on like animating and things like that but they have a free pixel art course and i i watched a couple videos um and this guy basically just like talks through some of the tools he uses he was using photoshop and uh some 
really basic things about pixel art and I could totally see it being helpful but again I was just kind of like dang <laughs> like I don't know if I'm cut out for this um, it got me thinking about um, what types of programs we would want to use to draw um, like 2d art which was good um, most of these people were using Photoshop but I did some Googling. I was gonna say yeah what what do you do you have uh, Photoshop. I I installed Paint.net, which is free. Um, um, I've got Paint.net. I got GIMP, um, <clears throat> and I've used Photoshop before, but I don't have it now. Yeah. And then of course I have the Pixel programs that I was mentioning, right. you know, the Marmoset and also Pixel Edit. Right. Um, which all seem to do variations on the same theme. So. Yeah. I I did some googling about like what free software to use. And it was pretty split between Paint.net and GIMP. Um, we're both Windows users for the most part, so we can choose from either. I don't know if Paint.net is available on Linux or Mac, um, but I think GIMP you can get on any. Uh, I'm actually uh, I'm pretty proficient with Paint.net. Are you? Um, yeah, I use it, you know, for all of the uh, art for my other podcasts, as well as like um, the there was like some comedy stuff that had like Photoshop battles and stuff like that. And I just use like paint.net. Oh, to, nice. To do mine. Um, I mean, I like the layout of paint.net. It seems pretty intuitive. So I'll probably stick with paint.net, but then again, I'm kind of like, how much do I want to invest into this? It's a pretty powerful program. Um, just depends on like what you need to do, right? Like a lot of the basic stuff I do is like basically just like importing fonts and like, you know, writing in a fancy font, like over like an, an image of some sort or like cutting an image and like inserting it with a different background or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't do crazy stuff like that, but, um, or I mean, I do, I do stuff like that. Not anything like too super crazy, but it honestly didn't take much either, you know? So like, it was like just me like doing it out of necessity. And then I learned a lot of the tricks, you know, like the shortcuts and, and the ways that you could get an effect that you want or like, you know, um, stuff like that. I won't say that I'm like the best at drawing on paint.net, but as far as like image manipulation, um, and things like that, like, I feel like I'm, I've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good handle on it. And I mean, you probably learn what you need to from like a 10 minute YouTube video. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of those things that I watched already or read, um, are really good starting points, you know, and, and just with some of the tips they're giving, you can see how you could become good at making pixel art. Um, but it's just like the sheer amount of time that it will take to, to get proficient at it seems like it would just be so long <laughs> see and i think um, that for every skill though that's like, true I think, like oh why didn't i waste more of my youth doing this i know seriously you know, that way i would know now yeah i mean the truth is is like you know like i don't know there's a bunch of things code is one example like being proficient at reading music is another thing i wish i would have like spent more time as a teenager doing learning more about computers or um just like any sort of skill. I'm just like, oh, I wish I would have wasted more time in high school doing this rather than just like <laughs> hanging out with my friends or being, you know. Yeah. Watching anime marathons all night. 
Yeah, which I don't regret that. No, I, I just mean like other I'm hanging out with my friends other times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, some other uh, questions that were kind of raised to me after, you know, reading through and looking into pixel art was um, whether or not I should invest into some kind of um, tablet tablet or something. My wife has yeah. a, a Dell laptop that has touchscreen with a stylus. And I thought about playing around with that to see if I could, if it gave me better control or whatever. But right now I'm just still kind of clicking around with my mouse. Um, uh, and uh, I, uh, I've always wanted a pad, like a bamboo pad or something. Yeah. Uh, I was looking. Charlie Morris had one for a long time, and he sold it to Cody. He bought it for like seventy dollars, which actually yeah. isn't much in the grand scheme of things. That's what I was gonna he say. He sold it to actually. Cody for like forty. And I told Cody I wanted to buy it, but now me and Cody, uh, we haven't talked in a long time. So it's like, I don't think he would, he probably has never used it since he got it. <laughs> Whereas like every time I'm ever doing anything on Paint.net or Photoshop, I'm just like, I wish I had that. Yeah. Just like, you know, well, be putting in the time to get used to using it. Yeah. I was, so I looked up a couple of those on Amazon and I was surprised at how inexpensive they are. They're like 40 to $70 for probably like more of a beginner one but most of them had pretty good reviews that i was looking at um so i was i was considering that i don't know if i'll actually make the leap and buy anything until we get a little farther along um the other the other thing that came up in my mind um was like 3d animation software i know you can do a lot in unity but a lot of people talk about using maya or blender um, or 3ds max for creating uh, you know 3d models um, I've used Maya before I took two computer animation classes in college uh, which I think gives me some some advantage I guess over someone who's never done any kind of 3d modeling or animating but I also don't want to spend money really like yeah, it's, it's, I was thinking the same thing. It's the same reason why I don't really want to invest into Photoshop. Is like I don't want to be spending, and now it's all like cloud software, um, like software as a service. So you're paying like monthly fees for all these things. I know, which and, is like the worst uh, business model in my mind. But I, I mean, like I hate monthly things. I agree. Like, fuck off. I'd rather <laughs> spend five hundred dollars once and never have to deal with you again. Yeah, um, that's kind of the way things are going, though. Unfortunately. Um, but so like the same reason I don't want to use Photoshop, I don't really want to use Maya. So, and I think for listeners too, like most of us starting out, we don't have a lot of money. We don't want to be spending and investing money into this, like without knowing the outcome, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. so when well, I prefer like the total, like do I, why like punk aspect of it anyway, yeah. like that's indie development. Yeah, for so. sure. So <laughs> I did um, do a little bit of research into Blender. Um, I installed it on my laptop and played around with it for a bit. Um, my The library uh, in Eugene, um, the public library, has uh, a subscription to lynda.com. And so I, I went on there and started watching a little Blender tutorial. Um, the UI of Blender is a little weird to me. I haven't quite figured it out yeah i didn't really spend a lot of time maybe like an hour playing around with it but um that seems like another skill that would really benefit us um is to have like that 3d animation 
uh, eventually in the future. I don't, and you could do it for 2D as well, I guess. But um, so that was just another idea that came into my head when I was like looking through different art stuff. Um, so I don't, we'll have to kind of like um, weigh our options and see what we want to do. And yeah, exactly. I, like having, I, at least I have a little bit of a basis with with animating and 3d modeling and i feel like for most people who are not artistic like animating and modeling is a little bit more like scientific um to some extent like you can manipulate the vertices or whatever of of an object that you create and just kind of play it by sight whereas i don't know like drawing i feel like you have to have a lot more skill to like make it look good um yeah, you could be right. I don't know. That might just me be me like feeling down about my drawing skills. <laughs> um, well, I'm not much of a drawer either, but um, I don't know. Um, it's a skill just like anything else. Yeah. That's the one thing I've seen. Like, it's a skill just like you know whatever. Like, you just gotta you know if you can't draw a straight line, get a ruler. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Draw a straight line, and that's the beauty of like digital art. Yeah. Like, it does a straight line for you right. if you want. <laughs> and then you just gotta figure out stuff you know you can make it a lot more geometric than you do uh you know like than it would look by freehand or whatever yeah but nothing wrong with that um so i will link the uh resources mostly the uh the pixel art courses uh into the show notes um but those are kind of the main things um that i the resources i looked at this week um let's see Man, we're only on step two. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're at thirty-four minutes. Um, well, I think, I think that I mean about covers like the wrap, the weekly wrap-up stuff. Yeah. Unless you have like more. I mean, um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, which I guess could be pushing into this this week and and brainstorming, was um, the uh, the coding that we've been doing. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that. A little bit. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, that yeah. Fits into the weekly thing. Forgot about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, earlier in this week, Rhett texted me about kind of feeling down about you know like being overwhelmed, I guess, with uh, programming in general. I mean, I just talked about my the overwhelming aspect of art for me, um, and Rhett was talking about how overwhelmed he felt with coding and how you know he he felt really good about where he was getting and then he kind of struggled for a little bit and it just kind of like deflated him. Um, so, uh, last night we talked about it a little bit and, um, we ended up, uh, working on just some, uh, C sharp programming outside of unity altogether. Um, and earlier, like before we started the podcast, I had kind of, uh, done a similar thing with Rhett where we just like, skyped or used curse to talk and just went over some uh programming uh concepts and things like that so i thought it'd be a good idea for us to um you know work on our programming chops together and so last night and then for like four hours today (laughs) uh we basically have been writing a, a game um just a console application that i don't know with potentially be like a precursor to the the text adventure we want to uh, create. Right, actually, yeah. It's shaped up to be like that, actually, which was kind of cool to be able to see, you know, 
how we could uh, apply some of it. Yeah. And all that sort of thing. So, um, so we kind of, we just started from scratch and, um, to talk just a little bit about the way it's working out right now is, um, you know, we're going to do like a kind of text adventure type of a game, but it also has an aspect of like fighting. Um, and basically we've created like, we created what we called it a hero class that basically is just like a, a character, whether that's the player or like an enemy that the player runs into along their journey. And then there's like different stats. They have like health and attack, um, speed, which um, is used to kind of like determine who fights first in our like turn-based fighting. Um, and uh, so we got kind of that whole fighting aspect down. It's like, it's turn-based. Um, there's, we have like a random uh, number generator in there that is tied to the speed uh, of each of the hero objects, basically. And that um, determines who goes first in the battle. And then basically there's another uh, random number that like uh, helps determine what the level of attack or the damage that they inflict on another hero, basically. And then that happens basically once and they... Um, the player can choose between like continuing to fight or run away. Um, so we got that all worked out. It's, it was kind of cool seeing it come together. Um, so right now we're, we're working on kind of a story uh, to get the player moving. We started off kind of like shadow gate where it's just like, you know, you find yourself in front of a gate, like, do you want to go through it? And then they do. And then, uh, then like this, I forgot what do we call him? Uh, Gorlak. Gorlak, yeah, Gorlak, the the weak or something like that, like comes out of the shadows and then he wants to fight you and then the first fight happens. So we're trying to like add on to that, um, but we also, as we're like building this, we're coming up with all kinds of different ideas. Like the more recent thing, like the last thing we were working on was like an inventory system and also um, different types of items like we have a a weapon class we have a potion class i don't know if we'll get more complicated than that but we want the user to be able to like after a fight um loot whoever they beat and then be able to use items like maybe they find a sword and they equip it and it like boosts their attack or like they notice that their health is low and they found a health potion so they can drink it and that like will boost their health so it's i feel like it's been fun um going through it and just like adding on these little pieces to it and like building it from scratch too is it feels very rewarding um yeah and uh so with that we're we're adding on these little bits but we're also kind of using it to design like a story which i think will help us with our text adventure whether or not we use the exact I thing i don't know but uh yeah so we that's been fun we've been working on that um we can uh post some of our code too if you want to do that so we can show show what we've done yeah it's been yeah, getting be cool it's been getting a little bit complicated um <laughs> like we're we're getting into uh inheritance because like we have an item class that has different attributes that um, our weapon class and our potion class all can kind of inherit down from the item class. And that's been getting a little bit tricky. Um, but uh, it's been fun, like learning more. Like, I think 
uh, Rhett seeing too, like I hit stopping points where I don't know what I'm doing and uh, I'm getting frustrated from things. So, but it's good. And, you know, we're, we're both looking at the same code uh, at the same time. And so like, I'll be typing something and Rhett will be like, oh, hey, uh, you spelled that wrong or did you mean this, uh, <laughs> this thing, you know? So I think it's becoming really beneficial. And, uh, I hope that when we move forward and we start making games, we can kind of make games together like this. Um, we're right. both helping each other code and then adding different elements to our project. So, right. I can agree with that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's and it was a lot of fun, like coming up, with, like you know, kind of dreaming up the mechanics and then like seeing it like come to life and actually like working and yeah, and that sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to mention with that. Uh, we're we're both you know still learning a lot about programming, and I think the more we practice and the more we know, the better the better our in projects will be. Um. I think that covers up us for step two out of out of that. I guess we're on to step three. Um, I didn't do like a ton of brainstorming for our game project. I know we talked about this a little bit. Yeah, um, I'll say you know I think it's safe to say I didn't do a ton of brainstorming either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you know I went when I went back kind of through part of the Udemy course and was like, I was looking, you know, because I can't, I kind of became interested when I was listening to the game developers conference stuff, like people always talking about their uh, game development documents. And, um, you know, so I was like, Oh, I guess I should have like looked at that more closely. And so that's kind of like part of what inspired me to go back through some of the Udemy stuff. And plus I wanted to see if I like how I might be able to implement some of the UI stuff um, or some of that other stuff, like into the text adventure, which like I never actually did, but I just wanted to like you know kind of review some of the stuff and like review the code and and uh, also review the game design do- documents, which I realized were like really really helpful <laughs> when I was doing the text adventure. Yeah, and I didn't actually use them. Like I actually I, like when I did it the first time, like I did everything in my my head, <laughs> uh, which is fine for like having you know, uh, only a few different game states like that. Um, and like, once you get into the flow of, of like what you're doing and stuff, like it's not that big of a deal, but it, uh, when I looked at the document with the diagram, especially, I was just like, Oh, it's all right there. (laughs) Game's made. Now you just got to like code it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that like really inspired me to like, look at how, you know, we could potentially diagram stuff, which is why I was looking at X mind and, and all that other stuff. Um, and I actually did go ahead like and started kind of like diagramming because um, I was going to go through and like do it just like the Prison Escape Udemy game and, and just like make my own story and add a couple different things. I ended up not having time to get that done, but I ended up diagramming out some stuff, you know, and, and it became like really apparent to me that like making the game that I like had envisioned in my mind and like all that sort of stuff, like it really spirals out of control like, really quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean in terms of like complexity or what do you mean exactly? Yeah. Complexity. Like, so, you know, if we, <laughs> I don't know how, if we do it exactly the same way that the uh, Udemy one was done with having the different game states. Um, but uh, you know, if you do do it that way, then like, 
it was like the way I had diagrammed it. It was like by time you even get out of like essentially what I nicknamed on my diagram, like the first level, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like you've <laughs> like there's a dozen of them, yeah. and then you get down to the next one. And I wanted to have like more stuff, and then there was like multiple ways to finish the first level. Yeah. So by the time you get to the second level, like then all of a sudden you're looking at like three dozen, <laughs> you know. And then you look at all these, and I was thinking like, oh boy, like. If we do do it by just creating a bunch of different game states, like that's a lot. Of, yeah. You know, because then each time, like, I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. But Well, I think, um, <laughs> look, like, after working through the code that we've been working on, we may be able to simplify the game state. Uh, like, I think that game states will be helpful, but we may be able to simplify it a little bit by not making. Um, a different game state based on like inventory or anything like that. You know what I mean? And you had kind of talked about this a little bit where um, it doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense to have, you know, a game state where they're in this room, but they also have like the broomstick. Uh, right. You know, so maybe we can add some sort of class structure, like what we've been doing where they do have an inventory and that's just tied to the per- the player, and the state is actually just the uh, the room that they're in or something, you know? Right, right. I agree. And it'd be cool to tidy it up like that, yeah. Because yeah, you know, like the game state thing was like I think pretty useful for like as few of options as there were in the game in the prison game. Um, and seeing as how small it was, but I think if like you wanted to make anything that was like immersive or like enjoyable for 20 minutes per se, yeah, um, then you really got to find a way to like clean it up because otherwise, like that's that would be a nightmare to code in general. <laughs> like to have to have you know 1,200 different game states and yeah. like you might go through like 200 or something like that, <laughs> like because all the rest are like unused uh, by your the player, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I think, I don't know. Just, yeah, I think we can definitely simplify it. Um, but I don't know the best way to do that (laughs) right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me neither. I think maybe, um, what we could do is just kind of start diagramming out like the rooms and then the interactable objects inside the rooms. Yeah, I agree. And then I, kind of take it from there i agree and that's a good place to start and you know and i know we kind of just joked about it last week but uh you know um the only like game ideas that we you and i uh both did you know you wrote your game idea spinning off like my my pyramid thing and i honestly thought it was pretty good like what you had about actually like so if you don't remember last time uh, we talked about this listener, we had talked about like having a Mayan pyramid thing and I kept nicknaming it like the lost temple of the Jaguar Queen or whatever <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> I, but Taylor came back with this thing about like, yeah, like the Jaguar Queen like would be a character, like a lost, like a spirit that can't rest or whatever. And you have to like end up helping her out. And I actually thought that was like a really great way to like, we could introduce dialogue because to me, like the interesting aspect of the game isn't just going to be like exploring. Yeah this stuff and like getting the atmosphere through like whether it's music or the, the, uh, the language or um, like even images if we implement them. Um, but it's also going to be like in the conversations and the dialogue. Right. I thought that was like a great way to implement that. 
Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, there's just so many different options. Yeah, I just kind of imagined, like, some kind of quest in, like, an RPG or something where, uh, I mean, you, we can have we can have one option be, like, you talk to the Jaguar Queen. Uh, so, like, she's, like, this spirit that's, like, stuck in the temple for, for you know, I, I said, like, one explanation was, like, somebody came by and, like, looted a soul stone that she was in or something. Or, I don't know, something along the lines where she's missing something and she needs it back. Um, and, uh, so I was thinking like we could have this kind of RPG type of quest where they have to go find and retrieve that thing. Um, but then like one of the, one of the outcomes could be like, you say something that enrages her and then you get like eviscerated on the spot, you know, (laughs) or, uh, something like that. Um, but then, uh, yeah, like there has to be like, if you if you're in a temple and you just like fall in a hole like you know like you're the goal is getting out of the temple but how interesting is that like yeah exactly it's not it's not that interesting so you know and i keep saying this and i hate to sound like a broken record um <laughs> but i'm gonna say it anyway <laughs> and this doesn't just go for you taylor it also goes to the listener but uh the choice of games like execute like this concept like brilliantly like absolutely brilliantly like the way that they issue you options and the way they like go through the storyline like it really engages you um and some of them only take like 20 minutes you know like choice of dragon is like really fun and you really feel like you were a dragon like making these choices <laughs> yeah. and like doing stuff you know <clears throat> um and so i don't mind like slimming down the scope because all of their games are kind of like kind of like you start at the bottom and you like work your way up like choice of vampire it's like starts with your first moments as a vampire and then you go from there choice of dragon starts with you like being born as a dragon and then like growing up and like setting out to be an adult dragon and like how do you define yourself that way um like what do you like to do as a dragon and all that sort of stuff and then choice of broadsides is like you start as like a young officer on board a navy ship um and then by time you're done like you're a captain of a navy ship or like an admiral in the fleet or something like that um so the scope is like really huge and all of those like span years right they span years so like we could narrow it down but still have interesting choices to make and still have like you know maybe everything doesn't have to take place in a pyramid temple thing like it could take place in like the surrounding jungle and right true like maybe some caves and like you know like you know a river like you know yeah you do shit like that i don't know yeah there's a lot of cool possibilities like for the set pieces and all that it doesn't just have to be um the temple but yeah yeah, I I, I like the direction that it's going. Um, yeah, we we didn't. So like one of our goals, I think, was to pick like two plot points or something, which we didn't necessarily do. I don't think um, it um, it felt hard to just without knowing more about like the the general story. It kind of felt hard to pick like two two plot points like. Um, I think once I know where we start, then it might be a lot easier to be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you. Well, I think you did, though. I think you picked two. The Jaguar Queen's soul is stuck in a temple because something was taken from her. You stumble upon her spirit by accident. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. That's two plot points. All right. <laughs> if anything, I didn't come up with two plot points. I was just like, I was like, great idea, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I think um, next week, for next week's episode, we can be a lot more specific and try to have at least like a level where we completely map it out. Yeah, uh, I'd be more than happy. I to think like, that would be a good goal can... for next week. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, as we found out, we're not just solely focusing on this. Like, we're continuing in the Unity chorus. We're uh, doing a coding project. We're looking at art resources. Like, we got a lot like, of things really on our plate. St- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're starting from the ground up. And then not to mention that, but, like, next week, too, like... I'm gonna. I'm like working like 50 hours for like the first time in a couple months. Like, yeah. like I have like a part-time gig on top of like my regular work that I'm doing. So right. uh, it's gonna be adventuresome. To um, I mean, I fully plan on trying to stick with this as like my main side, like project. extracurricular yeah. for a while. So yeah, same here. Um, so I don't know how how you guys are listeners, but I like I get like really depressed if I don't have like a project, you know, like if I'm not writing or if I'm not making music or, um, you know, and this is his coding has been like has proven to be just as rewarding, like learning to code and learning to use Unity and all this stuff. It's been just as rewarding. Yeah. And it's nice to have a project to do and to like look forward to and be able to think about when you're doing stuff. So right. I don't know. Well, it's, and like... I I always have a a hard time like balancing things. I mean, in general, like um, earlier this year, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) or even like last year or whatever, like Dota and Counter-Strike, like for a while after I moved and got my new job, like I didn't have any of my friends around. So all my friends were online basically. And so like all of my free time was spent playing Counter-Strike and like, you know, I get that like rush when you like rank up, you know, and it's like, that's all I want was like, Oh, I just want to like go in the game and like top frag and like, uh, you know, rank up. There's like this high from that. But then, well, and I don't know about you, but it, it all stems from me like wanting to show off. Like that's almost everything, <laughs> though. Like that's the coding thing. Like that's yeah. the coding thing for me. Like that's writing. That's gaming. Like I wanted you guys to get on and see that I had ranked up, and like now I was like yeah. maybe the highest rank in our squad. Right, you know, right. even though like I was not a good player, <laughs> but like I could hang on to that for a couple games. Yeah. You know, like uh, well, <laughs> I know. And then like you have those plays where. You know, it's like one v four, and somehow you survive and win the round for your team. Oh, just so. Satisfying. I had one of those yesterday. Oh, really? I had one of those yesterday. Yeah, Vince had a little meltdown, and like uh, somebody accidentally knifed him on our team, and he flipped out and turned around and shot the guy in the face with the op. Oh, so then the whole team just killed each other, and I wasn't there. <laughs> so I was super fucking pissed, like yelling at Vince the whole time. So I decided to just like ignore the bomb, win around like to the other part of the map. Uh, like killed one person then they knew where i was so like another person rushed out and i managed to just like pop him off i killed all five (laughs) it Uh, was legendary dude it was legendary they just kept coming at me and i was like working like an alternate route to the bomb (laughs) and then one guy was camping the bomb so i just flashed and went out and when i flashed he started trying to shoot me while he was flashed so i just took him out (laughs) i was like all right yeah and i was like you boys want to like keep circle jerking each other or you actually want to like play this game and the team was like oh wow we might actually have a chance then we lost (laughs) classic counter strike Uh, and vince was like see it didn't matter that i killed the whole team you still won it mattered you ass it still mattered Uh, like you gotta don't gonna say it didn't matter after you killed someone uh yeah (laughs) but point being i guess like there it's those things like that that just like 
bring you back and like get you addicted. And so like I have trouble balancing what I'm doing. And if I do, like, if I don't have something like that, that I'm like obsessed with, like, I don't even know what to do with myself. I like, I'm just around, I'm bored. Um, but the good thing too, about like making games or programming or whatever is like, you actually have something to show for it afterwards. Like, what do I have to show right. for playing like a few hundred hours of Counter-Strike? I guess I nothing. I guess I had a decent KDA, but like, who cares about that in real life? <laughs> well, yeah, you yeah. have time spent with your friends, which I do think yeah. is important. No, it's true. But yeah, the memories blur together, right? It's not like going out with your friends and like making a brilliant night memory, yeah, you know, or like a memory of a night, right? Um, you know, I mean, I still think it's equally as important uh-huh. as like hanging with your friends, yeah, uh, but. It matters significantly less in the grand scheme of things, yeah. especially if you do it a lot and all yeah. that sort of stuff. I mean, well, and like that's why I've enjoyed the game dev. It's just like you're right; it's having something to show for yourself. Yeah. And it goes back to that, like being able to show off aspect, <laughs> right? It's like well, and and like for me too, it, it's uh, like the creative aspect I love, but also getting skills out of this that uh, I can use in the future. Like if mm-hmm. if all we did was um, program like. Uh, you know, text adventure games in C sharp. By the time we did that for a year, we would probably be pretty close to employable as a C sharp developer, you know? So that's really attractive to me too. Um, and as you can see, after we spent four hours earlier today, like we can kind of just get, <laughs> get lost in it. And it's like, I had just as much fun programming that as I, I have had playing an actual game in a long time, you know? So, Well, and the one thing I've been telling everybody else as well, because I've been playing games less, or if I do, like I limit it to one game or whatever, you know, like I've never really quite had a problem like pulling myself away, like unless there's you know, like a lot of people or whatever, like it was planned on. I was like, I don't know. I, I do fall into the peer pressure trap, but what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, how many times were we like, we started playing Dota at like seven or eight and then it was like 11 o'clock and people were like, uh, I think we better go to bed. And then we end up playing till like one or two. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. Anyways, that was, but see, that's the problem. It's like if, if I'm by myself or like with only like one or two people, I have no like problem pulling away and it's actually like really rewarding to do one game it's like well fuck that's that game sucked but then you can go and do something that makes you feel good you know or you went and you feel good and then you go back to doing something that feels good but it's nice like and that's why i write so often like you know write stories and stuff is because like i do get the same high yeah that i do from playing a game and it also there's like it's quantifiable like there's progress that i can track and uh and there's something like there's something I can go back and read right. and be like, oh shit, like I did this. This is really cool, <laughs> yeah. you know. And um, I don't know. It's just it's it's just fun. Yeah, it's rewarding. Yeah, it hits those same centers in some way, but it's always fun. Yeah, like even if it's frustrating, like you don't get like those negative <laughs> feelings where you like want to yell at your friends for like <laughs> fucking up or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Anyways. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I um where were we at here well i think we kind of touched on our current projects some of the brainstorming we've been doing um what do you think uh since we're approaching an hour here uh yeah. 
I th- yeah, I think we're almost yeah, done. Yeah, next next week's goals, challenges, um, all that kind of stuff. I um, One of the goals, again, is to uh, link up our – or not link up, but like follow each other on GitHub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I'd like to um, – we talked about this a little bit too where um, programming is going to be a really – important part of of being able to do game development um so i'd like to start doing at least one day maybe two if we can a week where we sit down and do what we've been doing where we uh program together um and uh more information for the listener um right now i'm kind of mostly driving when we when we're programming but trying to get rhett involved uh, like as much as I can, and what I, what I want to do is make it so that um, we can kind of ease off and then have ret drive, and then eventually get to the point where we're both like equally doing it, where we can both like kind of code together. Um, and I think it would really help if we just both keep continuing to program, you know. Agreed. So. Yeah, I'd be happy. Like honestly, like you know, we don't have to do the big long marathon sessions like we did today, but if we did like every other day or like every three days or whatever, like then we could do, you know, an hour or two hours, something like that per session. And that way it keeps it fresh too. Cause like, that's like one of the things that's uh, difficult for me is, um, you know, it's like if we do like a weekly marathon session, like I'm not going to remember that much by the time the next week rolls right. around. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't want to take up all of your time with you like having to like mentor me, but you know, like if we did every other day for like an hour or every three days yeah. for like an hour and a half, two hours, or whatever, like that'd be really beneficial for me yeah. to be able to like stew on a lot of the things I've seen. And um Yeah. You know, maybe like have a better chance of like actually remembering <laughs> and understanding like the next time. Yeah. Um again, I, I kinda mentioned this to you before, but um don't don't think of it as me like as it being a waste of time for me because I'm I'm learning a lot from having to explain things to you that you might not understand um, and that's helping me better understand it and it's also um, like uh, I made this game in uh, when I was in college there was uh, a text game where it was just like a battle arena where different monsters fought each other and that's been like two or three years since I made that and I haven't done anything like that since and so being able to kind of prove to myself that i can do it again is kind of it's a really rewarding feeling it's like oh wow i can actually still program you know i was pretty blown away like because you just kind of grabbed the helm and you're like here we go the first thing we need to do is this <laughs> and then we need to do this and now we tie it into this oh now we can go back and like take that that code's irrelevant so here we go and then you like i, I mean it's been like blowing my mind a little bit like seeing you develop this thing from scratch. (laughs) I I mean, it's, it's equal parts like inspiring and also like, Oh fuck, I I got a lot to learn. Uh, (laughs) Well, well, thank you for one, but uh, also, yeah, just keep at it. And like, I'm committed to it. So like, I obviously like I'm in it for myself mostly because I want to do, I want to become a professional developer, but also like having, having you to like work with is it, I'm feeling is more beneficial so far than me just doing it on my own, you know? Right. So, um, well, uh, one of my, one of my challenges for you next week then is to, um, make a C sharp application 
It can be something really simple. Um, I'm trying to think of some kind of guidelines. Definitely a console application, kind of like what we're making. Um, and I want it to include um, at least one method and one class. Should we write it down? I'm writing it down right okay. now. Okay. Because I think on paper, Taylor, have you ever heard of paper? <laughs> uh, I'm paper free, bro. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> Saving the points. <laughs> um, but I think um, already like working with you and having you do things like I could already see like the wheels like spinning um, where even if you didn't understand something, you were like getting there after really not all that much time spent doing it, you know? Like I've had I've had multiple like semesters and terms of doing this kind of thing. Um, right. I know. I keep having to remind myself. It's like I've only been doing this for like literally a couple yeah. weeks. <laughs> so like the fact that you're we're already talking about classes, like let alone methods, um, <laughs> like that's pretty mind blowing. Um, so yeah, just make a short console application. You can do it all in one file. Um, it can be anything like it can do, be like a shape, some kind of shape thing where you like your classes are sh your class is like a shape and then you can make like squares and circles and then print like, you know, how many sides they have or something. Something easy like that. It sounds really easy, but for somebody who doesn't have experience programming like that can be pretty challenging. Um, right. Yeah. So something like that. Or if you come across an idea that you want to do on your own, that would be cool too. Or you can make a little game okay. or something. All um, right. So that's, I accept your challenge. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right. So we have, uh, we got GitHub, we got, oh, uh, what do you want to do in the unity course? Um, Next week's looks yeah, cool. Yeah, I tried to jump ahead. Yeah. Did you jump ahead at all? I still haven't. No. Um, some of the some of the videos like weren't playing, so I hope oh. like that's fixed. That's weird. Um. Did so yeah, I'd like to finish that course by next week. Um, okay. The whole uh, section five or whatever. Right. Like, did it look that long to you? It was like forty some episodes or videos. I think. Let me see. Yeah, 45 oh, videos. Oh, is that a lot compared to the others? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might be shorter. Um, let's see. They do look like they're mostly I mean, could... shorter. I was thinking about doing half of it. Okay, I'd be fine with so, that. So, like, go through. Um, yeah. Um, it starts at 57, video 57. What if we went through video 80? Okay. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Or, yeah, let's do 80. Let's see how that goes. So a, a little bit of background, I guess, on the section we're doing. Um, I'm really excited for it. It's a block breaker game. Um, basically, those games where you have, like, a little paddle at the bottom of the screen or wherever, and a little ball is, like, bouncing around the screen, and if the ball gets past you, you lose a life, but then there, you have, like, a bunch of little bricks across the screen that you're trying to break. So... Um, I'm super excited for it. I, I've really enjoyed the course so far. Like um, the number wizard UI that we just finished section four, like 
they touched on some things that were just so cool. They were so simple. Like one of them was like a level manager and how to move from one scene to another scene. Like, Oh yeah. I, it's such a basic concept, but I, I didn't ever know how to do that and they did it. And it was like so easy. The code was so easy. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I was, just, I just felt like enlightened, you know? Um, yeah. That, after that course, I was just like, yeah, <laughs> So um, I'm really enjoying this chorus. I think we're going to get a lot of benefit from it. I mean, we're only on 62 or whatever of 328, so we have a long ways to go. But uh, I think if if we... I preferred not to know how many total there were. Sorry. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just saying it's going to last us a while, which is great. Um, But I think by the time we finish the end of it, like we're going to be pretty well prepared um, to do a lot of different things. Right. So, um, cool. All right. So that's another goal. Go through eighty, video eighty. Um, Word. Did you have anything? Any challenges you wanted me to do? Well, it depends. Do you want me to like issue some sort of like life challenge, or do you want me to just say, "Get off your bum and go <laughs> play one of the choice of games"? All right. Maybe that, that's a good take... goal for me because I still haven't played one. Yeah. You download it on your phone, and you can sit on the toilet while you dump it, and you can do... And they are the perfect representation of, like, the modern text adventure. They are so well done. And I'm not saying we have to copy them or do exactly what they do, but a lot of them have stats. They have inventories. Choice of Vampire is the best one, but I really love Choice of Dragon. And if you want a story that's a little bit more linear, then you can do Choice of Broadsides. Um, Those are the three best ones that I remember playing. They have a lot more since... And a lot of them cost money. Okay. Some of them might be free by now. Like there's like a space one, like a superhero one that might be free now. Uh-huh. But when I uh, when they came out, when I was playing them a lot, uh, they were like two ninety nine. But Choice of Vampires is free. Don't play the Memphis one. Play the like first one. Okay. Or the dragons or the broadsides. Right. Take your pick. All right, I will do it. That'll be my goal. Yeah, and honestly, like Choice of Vampires will take you a while longer to beat. But even if you just get like through part of it, like you can see. Yeah. All right, cool. There's my challenge. I feel guilty for having to force you to do that. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's probably good. A lot of times people offer their suggestions to me, and I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then I just, like, completely forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, choice of vampire. Choice of the vampire? Does that sound right? Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, choice of the vampire. All right, I'm installing it right now, so I can't forget. And you'll feel like you're one of the vampires in Interview with a Vampire, dude. Nice. Like you'll feel like so awesome. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, well, uh, let's remember to um mention all of this in the show notes. Put the links and everything so people can follow along with us. Um, sorry we went so long again. I think Rhett and I we just start rolling and. We don't. We don't really have an agenda. We just talk. I know. Um, uh, there's some of this we'll be able to be cut out, yeah. like when I went absent for a little bit, and I'll maybe I'll edit up some of the other stuff. But we'll see what happens. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I generally try to aim for like 45 minutes to like an hour 10, and we're like right at that point. So okay, cool. We can go ahead and call it good. Uh, this has been a really good episode. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I've kind of like re re inspired after today, like you know, coding with you and and podcasting and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I'm excited for this coming week. I'm excited for our projects. Yes. And um, yeah, if you guys uh, want to follow along, just uh, check out the liner notes and all that sort of stuff when this gets uh, posted up. We don't know when exactly that'll be. We're yeah. banking a lot of episodes right now. But yep. 
Anyways, we thank you for joining us here on Game Dev's Quest. Uh, thank you for listening. I've been I've been Rhett. And I have been Taylor. <laughs> Until next week. All right, have a good one.